Just about uh, five minutes after 7 o'clock on your Wednesday evening, back with the Employment Hour. You know the number, 416-870-6400, star 640 on Selby. Taking all of your calls tonight. Severance questions just got let go. Got a package in front of you. Questions, queries, quizzes. We've never stumped you, actually. We will. Maybe we'll try that tonight. Maybe a caller will stump you. But before we get to the week that was, which is the way we kick off each show, reminder of a couple things, severancepaycalculator.com. Check that, uh, check that out while you're listening to the show over the next hour. And you, my friend, have an even bigger announcement to kick things off. I do, Johnny. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be back here, by the way, and happy to answer questions. Hopefully we have a nice, busy show today. People uh, have questions. I know that because I take them at the office every single day, so now's a good time to call us. But because our show is popular, because people have all these questions, we've been doing the show now, Johnny, as you know, for three and a half years. You hear us on Wednesdays. You hear us on Saturdays and Sundays. Well, we've added another day starting on September the 12th. You're going to hear the Employment Hour live every Monday night, okay? So uh, in addition to Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays, so we're very happy about that. And to make it special just for Monday nights to help me out, it's not just going to be uh, Lior, uh, Sam Pure speaking. We're going to have my colleagues, uh, Leah Moody and David Vaughn, join us uh, on the show. They're going to do it with me as well. So you're going to have a lot of interesting perspectives on employment law and workplace rights. A good opportunity to call. Uh, there are fountains of knowledge just like myself. So hopefully uh, our listeners will find that very, very interesting. Excellent. And so, to- again, four times a week. It will be very shortly Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. Lots of the employment hour. Well, I am working towards employment law all the time. We'll wow. change the name from AM640 to AM Employment Law or something like <laughs> the that. The entire format will be That's right. Law. That's right. It'll be the first one in Canada. So I'm working on that. Okay. To, week to, was. to give us – exactly. Start us off. To give us a sense of the types of things you may hear on the show, start off with the week that was. And the first situation I'll tell you about, Johnny – has to do with this uh, dichotomy, this distinction between employees and independent contractor. I I was contacted by an individual who had worked uh, in a sales position uh, for about uh, 12 years, uh, but he clearly wasn't an employee. He had several clients uh, that he worked for. He didn't have regular hours of work. And his biggest client, he was just let go from. And and he wanted to know, is he owed anything? The company took the position that because you're an independent contractor, you're not an employee, we don't have to pay you anything. Well, he was earning about 60% of his income from this very one client uh, and, and worked for them consistently for 13 years. So I assessed them as not being an employee or an independent contractor. He was a dependent contractor, the in-between category. Mm-hmm. But because he was a dependent contractor, he actually was entitled to compensation, to severance. And in fact, he's owed right around 12 months pay. And then, you know, he makes a good, uh, good income over six figures. So we're talking about a lot of money. And there's a very important lesson there for our listeners, because you may not be an employee, yet you may still have legal entitlements if your position comes to an end. If you work uh, and, and get a substantial portion of your income from one company, then you may not be an employee, but you could be a dependent contractor, which means you're owed severance. Uh, so that's a very, very important lesson there for our, our listeners. What else you got, my friend? The uh, the second uh, situation uh, I'll tell us about uh, John involved a, uh, a lady who um, uh, was uh, we got into a bit of an argument with her employer, and during that argument uh, said the, those fateful words. You want to guess what they were, John? You tell me. Come on. I'll tell you. No, no. Well, I quit. Yes, of I course. I can't take this anymore. Uh, I quit. I'm out. And I'm out, and and that's it. I can't take this anymore. And of course. Uh, immediately, literally within two hours, realized what she did, went back to the office, said, no, no, don't quit. Uh, I I never wanted to do that. I was upset. I'm having problems at home. They said, too bad. 
uh, you quit. You said those words. We have three people that heard you, so you're not coming back. Hmm. That was the heat of the moment, John. We've talked about this before on the show. If you quit in the heat of the moment and you try to take it back, that's not a resignation. Okay, that becomes a termination if your employer doesn't take you back. And that's what happened to her. So very important to understand. You can't be made to resign. Even if you utter those words in the heat of the moment, they may not actually be a resignation. You got to get, you got to get back in there pretty quickly, though, no? You do. You yeah. do. In this case, this was, uh, you know, literally within an hour, an hour or two, she went back there. Usually if you can take it back within a day, couple of days, you're fine. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Mikey in Brampton, opening call. How are you, Mike? Not too bad. How are you guys? Good. What's going on? Okay, I got a question. I went away on vacation. Well, not vacation. It was a an emergency situation. My father-in-law was ill, and he he was kind of he ended up dying. And uh, I asked for bereavement leave with my current employer. They denied me because they said it was because the death happened while I was away. But yet, uh, there's some company documentation on bereavement leave that I found that didn't. Uh, say to the country. So I just want to know if there's a human rights violation. Well, it's not a human rights violation. Legally speaking, a company does not have to provide a bereavement leave uh, to someone unless you're part of a union and it's part of your collective agreement. They don't don't have to, as, as absurd as that might sound, which, which means that unless they have a policy or which becomes a term of employment, they don't have to provide it. So if, uh, if they don't let you take it, I know it's cold-hearted, to be honest with you, uh, and, and right. most employers do allow that, but they don't have to. So, okay. so, so I can't say unless you show me a policy that shows here's how we're going to deal with bereavement leave, the law doesn't impose on them an obligation to provide that to you. We'll take a, a short break. More phone calls coming through for you. You want to get in touch? No, uh, no problem. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. It's star six forty on your cell phone. Would love to hear from you. I'm just getting warmed up. This is the Employment Hour Talk Radio AM six forty. Seven thirteen Employment Hour right here on your Wednesday night Talk Radio AM six forty four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. Reminder: Starting September twelfth, we are adding Monday nights to our arsenal on the show. We will be here from seven to eight on Mondays. Starting September 12th, so that's twice a week plus twice on the weekend. So you got all kinds of chances to uh, to call in and talk to us. Uh, hi, Frank in Collingwood. Welcome to the show. You have something for Lior? Yes, uh, I recently uh, purchased a restaurant slash bar in Collingwood, and I have a waitress slash bartender that I would like uh, to sever ties with. Fortunately, she's been there for nine, eight or nine years. Uh, and uh, I, I expect, you know, knowing a bit about the industry, that at no point did she sign an employment agreement either with you or with the previous company? No. Okay. So so here's here's the interesting thing. Because she's been there for for nine years, she's certainly going to be owed compensation, uh, severance. And do you know how old she is? Uh, Approximately? 65. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, given that uh, the fact that she's been nine years, 65 as a waitress, she could easily be owed right around eight months compensation. Six to eight months probably is what the range would be for her. So, uh, you know, I, I can tell you that you could provide that by way of working notice potentially. Uh, tell her that I'm going to give you notice that in six months your position ends. Potentially say either take working notice and for six months or I'll pay you maybe for three months and you don't have to come in. So that may be a way to, to get uh, the uh, – the, get her to not uh, not stay and, and pay less. Or if there are serious performance issues with her, if she's not doing her job, you need to start documenting that and, and provide her with some warnings. And potentially, you may be able to build up a case over a period of a few weeks, maybe a few months, where you can let her go without any compensation for just cause. 
but you know, you've inherited nine years of service. You, you know, if you and I had spoken before you bought the business, I would have said before you buy the business, have her sign an employment agreement that would have allowed you to part ways by only paying her eight weeks pay. And now there's a liability there of six to eight months. So you can discharge her by way of notice, by way of severance, or potentially build up a case for cause. And I'd be more than happy to talk to you about that affair and see how we can find out ways to minimize your liability. Okay, that'd be great. Got uh, Chris in Mississauga. Chris, welcome to the show. Go ahead. Uh, hi, how you doing? Good, pal. Um, so I just have a quick question here. My wife was on mat leave, and she was supposed to go back originally in July, the beginning of July. Um, we were having issues with daycare, so she got uh, two extensions from her work, and we finally found a daycare uh, that uh, they're holding a spot for us, and her work said that uh, – She's supposed to come back to work after the long weekend, this long weekend, which I think is the 6th or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, she asked for another week so that we can get our son acclimated to his daycare, and they're saying that they won't hold the spot, and it's considered a resignation, so they won't even give her a severance. And, you know, she- technically speaking, as, as cold-hearted as it is, they're right simply because they have an obligation, if she's on a maternity leave, to keep yep. her job open for a certain period of time. Beyond okay. that, they're not legally required. Uh, often, oftentimes employers do, and apparently they did for a while. But beyond that, they're not required. So the problem okay. is if now they're saying beyond this point, we don't want to, uh, to, to extend it, they don't have to. And if your wife doesn't come back to work, they may consider her as having resigned. So okay. my, my, my advice is one of two things. Either okay. just have her go back to work as hard as it is, and maybe you or fam- other family members can help with the, uh, with the daycare. Yeah. Or potentially, if the only way to, uh, to make sure that the child is okay is by her doing it. There's no other possibility. No one else can help. It's impossible. We may need to do a letter to that effect because that may potentially become a human rights issue. They have a duty to accommodate if the only way to provide care for the child is by keeping the the job open for her. That's a bit more of an extreme situation. Otherwise, it's probably best to to try to help her so that she can come back to work after the long weekend. Okay, so even though that she's been there for seven years, it's still nothing, they, they don't have to do anything? No, because they've arguably done more than they had to, which is to keep gotcha. her job, let's say, for a year. Uh, okay. And beyond that, unfortunately, we can't make them, no. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll get to uh, Bill and Lindsay before we uh, go for a break. Hey, Bill, how are you? Uh, doing fine. i got a quick question about benefits and group life insurance. And my understanding is that whether you leave the job voluntarily or otherwise, there's a, a, a period where you're still covered and you can convert your group life insurance to an individual policy with whoever the insurance carrier is. And I just want to know what Lior usually uh, counsels his clients to do about the group life insurance portion. Yeah, and, and usually there's a 30-day period to, to convert the, the group plan into a, a personal plan. Uh, I think uh, if you don't have a, a plan through a spouse or someone else, it's a good idea to do it. Usually you could get that done as, at a better price than if you were to go out to, uh, uh, you know, outside of it and try to get a plan on your own. So that may be a, a good price. So uh, most people, though, even if they lose their job, they may have one through a spouse. But I've certainly seen many people convert it and they've been very happy with it. But the fact, by the way, that you have this 30 days to convert does not necessarily mean you're covered for that 30-day period. Because if you quit, for example, you may not have 
uh, at all benefits uh, immediately, but you still have 30 days to convert that plan into a uh, into a, the group plan into a personal plan. Try to squeeze one more in here before we go for a break, and it'll be uh, Mark in Mississauga. Good evening, Mark. Hey, good evening, guys. Just got a quick question for you guys. Uh, it's just concerning sick days. Um, what is the legal amount of time you're allowed sick during a year uh, before they either A, harass you, or B, fire you, or something like that? I mean, is it, I hear it's uh, after three days of being sick in a year, you need a doctor's note. Then I hear it's five, and then I hear it's ten. What is the official, to your knowledge, what is, what is it officially where they cannot harass you uh, for those situations? Okay, so let me let me make that very clear. In, in terms of paid time off work, paid sick time, an employer does not actually legally have to provide any paid sick time unless there's a collective agreement or an employment agreement that says that. So they can decide zero. So any time off you take for medical reasons, it's going to be unpaid. Now, you're allowed to have unpaid sick days for, for, men, for a long time. It could even be for years if a doctor says you cannot work. But in terms of paid sick time, what's that? I'm just saying, like, say if, uh, you know, in one month you, you just have a bad case of diarrhea. The next uh, two months down the road you caught a minor flu. You know what I mean? It's like it's not like you're being gone for five straight days, but you're just, you know, one month you, you find yourself sick for the day. You can make it work. And then two months yeah. later, the same and same. You know what I mean? Do so, they have so the right to harass you after three well, days? They, they can ask for a doctor's note at any time. So, yes, they, they can ask you for a doctor's note even on, on day one. And a lot of employers say, anytime you want us to get to pay you for sick time, you have to give us a doctor's note. If you don't give us a doctor's note, we're not going to pay you. So because of that, yes, an employer can ask for uh, for a doctor's note. Obviously, they shouldn't be harassing someone. They should be reasonable in terms of the time that they give you to to give that note back. They can't penalize you if it takes you a day. But they are allowed to ask for sick notes uh, if you're going to take uh, time off work that's paid because of a sickness. You got questions, bring them on. We'll take a short break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Employment Hour continues. Talk Radio AM 640. Yep, you get us here for an hour every Wednesday night from 7 till 8 o'clock. And starting September 12th, the Employment Hour will be heard live right here in this time slot on Monday. So Monday, starting September 12th, you get us twice during the week, twice on the weekends. Just feed that employment hour addiction. Got uh, Colin in Streetsville. Colin, how are you, pal? Good. Thank you for taking my call. No worries. I always notice when I'm listening on the weekend that when you ask someone their age, and I'm just kind of curious as I'm running a small business here in Streetsville, and I'm thinking about hiring employees, and from what I'm hearing, it would really be very disadvantageous for me to hire someone who's older, seeing as how they seem to have to be paid more severance even though they did the same work. So let me, let me tell you, Colin, first of all, it is uh, against human rights laws in this province, in this country, to not hire someone or because of their age, to say, well, I'm not going to hire you because you're, you're 50 or you're 60. So here's the best advice I can give you. If you don't have to even worry about age, if you, age should be a non-factor. It's very simple. You simply sign, have, sorry, have an employee sign an employment agreement. And that means all you have to pay them essentially is a week's pay for every year of service if you let them go. And that's it. Age doesn't even become a factor. Age is a factor when there's no agreement at play. So you should never, ever hire an employee, if, you know, if I'm talking to you as the employer, without having them sign an employment agreement that properly addresses their termination entitlements. And it's not something you can just download off of Google. We have to get this done right. It's a one-time thing you do. So if you're going to hire someone, give me a call. Let me put together a very brief agreement for you, and that makes age a non-issue, and you never have to worry about it. 
But my, my, okay, that's an excellent advice, and thank you, and I will do that before I hire anybody. But now my question there is that how are these employers not able to fight back against this? I mean, seeing as how if a person did the same work in the same job, why one person would make more than another based on sex, gender, age, or anything like that. I mean, it, it's absolutely unbelievable to me that that even goes on. Well, our courts have decided that it, if you let go someone of a certain age, they may take, if they're older, it may take them longer to find another job because of their age. So a 60-year-old may take longer to find a job than a 30-year-old. So because of that, they may mean they get more severance. And you and I can debate whether that's a good idea or a bad idea. At the end of the day, that's what our courts have made very, very clear. So that's not really something that we can change. It is the law, and employers have to be, to be considerate of that. There's no way to, to modify that. Hmm. Okay, well, thank you very much for answering my question. Thanks, Colin. Good call. Steve in Brampton, you're next up. you got a question for Lior. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so I own my own business. It's a uh, delivery business, and I pay my drivers all cash. Everybody gets paid cash. They declare what they want to declare. Um, how does that work? You mean how does that work if you, if you want to let them go? Um, yeah. Like if I let anybody go or if I just uh, dismiss anybody, um, first of all, is it, uh, is it okay to hire somebody and pay them cash as a cash business? Well, you know, let's, let's be clear what we're talking about because, you know, you can pay someone cash and it could still be, you know, on the books or you can pay someone cash and it's not on the books. Is this for you on the books? No, this is off the books. Okay, so if it's off the books, you know, strictly speaking, that's illegal. You know that. Uh, and and the, the thing is, if you let someone go, they they can still pursue severance. The thing is, because they're also doing something illegal, because obviously they're not declaring that either, uh, yeah. they, they may be reluctant to say, hey, all this time I've been getting paid under the table, so now you should pay me severance. They could do that, and I've seen certain situations where that's been done. But in many cases, someone that get, gets paid illegally may not want to pursue severance because you know, of what's been going on up to that point. But strictly speaking, yes, they can say, I'm an employee. I can prove that I've, get, I've been getting paid all this time. Because I was an employee, you have to pay me severance in the exact same way you would have to pay anyone. So you still have that liability there. Just because you pay someone in cash, that does not eliminate the liability. It may just mean less likely that someone's going to want to pursue that against you. That's all. Okay, well, the thing is, I, I declare them as, uh, like, I just declare as a contract, uh, like, contractors, basically. So, I, I mean, I declare how much I pay my drivers. I just don't declare how much each driver makes. Right, I understand. So, th those numbers obviously don't match. And the thing is, even though you may consider them, or on, on your record, they come off as independent contractors, the law may still consider them to be employees. So you certainly have liability there. You know, if you're going to do this right and avoid liability, you want to put them on the books with, with agreements in play that li limit your liability. Anything over that, you, you are running the risk both with CRA and potentially with, uh, with the employment side of it. Which is why we don't give last names on this show. We'll no, get to uh, we one more call here. Uh, Ibrahim in Toronto, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good, buddy. You got a question for Leor? Go ahead. We'll get you in. Yeah. I'm in trucking business, and I have my own company in corporation, and I'm working with a company I uh, started about four months ago. At the start of this relationship, the agreement was that they will pay me hourly for the services I provide or pay my company hourly plus HST. Now, four months down the road, now they had changed. Uh, like part of the, those trips were U.S. trips, and they were supposed to be hourly paid but now they have changed it to 
per mile pay. And that way, I'm losing money when I'm sitting at shipper or receiver and I'm just sitting there for six hours. I'm not making any money because I'm, my wheels are not moving. So I was just wondering what options I have uh, to call to the company or the owner or, or HR regarding that and uh, so I can resolve this issue. Now, is this the only company you're working for currently? Uh, yep. And is it full-time hours, essentially? Yep, it's full-time hours. Okay, so even though you have this arrangement with them, you have your own company, the law may still deem you to be an employee because you work exclusively for them, full-time hours, etc. So which means that if now they've changed the terms of, of employment, I'm going to use the word employment here, uh, you know, they were supposed to pay you in a certain way, now they've changed that, that's a significant change, you could potentially treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave and actually get severance, even though you've only worked there for for a short time potentially, you could be owed a few months' pay, but believe it or not. Short of that, uh, I, I, if you're not going to pursue that, I, I do think it's a good idea to talk to the to the company, to the owner, to the HR person, and see if you can work out some sort of a compromise, point to that agreement, explain that you've accepted that job on the basis of, of the understanding of how you're going to get paid and it's impacting you significantly, and try to resolve it. If you cannot resolve it, if they insist, and if you're not comfortable continuing that way, you have the, the recourse of taking legal action. The, the one caution I'm going to say is that window is a short one. You can't be doing this new arrangement for a long time and then say, I don't want to do it anymore. You probably have a window of a few weeks to try it out. After that, you can no longer pursue a constructive dismissal. So I would certainly get on this as soon as possible. The number 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You want to give us a call, answer your questions. Lior is here right till 8 o'clock. We'd love to hear from you. 736 on your Wednesday evening starting September 12th. A reminder that the show will be on the air from this hour as well on Monday. Starting September 12th, you'll get us Monday and Wednesday, which means, Lior... Your uh, your twister night's gonna have to move to another night other than Monday no, because not my have... twister night. Sorry, man. Sorry, my we're taking night it. of the week. <laughs> we'll be back on that one. Back to the uh, phone calls as always. Monica in Toronto. Good evening. Hi there. How are you? Okay, Monica. What's up? Okay, so my husband has an employee. It's a corporate setting, um, and several people have complained about this man's offensive body odor. He's addressed him many, many times, and it hasn't been rectified at all. Clearly, he can't terminate him. But what other steps can he take? Uh, well, so, so this, this, how was this address actually? Uh, he has spoken with him. People have complained. People have gone so far as to put items, hygiene items, on his desk. Wow. So you know, believe it or not, I mean, this actually, uh, you know, could unless there's an underlying medical reason, and, and I'm not a doctor to say if that's even possible. This could be caused with discipline to the extent that this is hurting people's environment if he's not doing something that he's supposed to do, which impacts others. So, yeah, I, I actually think it's fine and appropriate. And I've actually had a case like this uh, a couple of years ago, believe it or not, to, to uh, potentially provide him with uh, a warning informally and in writing saying, we've asked you to deal with this. Please do so. We have employees complaining. Uh, and ultimately, could you terminate him potentially down the road if he really continues or, or there's, a, there's a potentially a simpler method? They may be able to let him go on a without cause basis, not even addressing the order, and, and maybe that solves the problem. I would try to address it, but take a perhaps more a direct, maybe even more 
uh, you know, you know, more disciplinary approach in this situation because it does impact others. Even though uh, we don't think of, you know, odor, ba- bad odor as, as something that the employee did wrong. Well, you know, if the employee can deal with it and he or she doesn't and this impacts other, yeah, they should discipline. They should provide a warning, a couple of warnings, tell them that this could impact your, your continued employment. And at some point, yeah, they may be able to build a case for cause to let him go if he doesn't do something about this. They have issued him several letters. Um, indicating that, you know, not, I don't think they're necessarily warning, yeah. but indicating to him that there was an issue. So they just I would issue a warning letter. I, I would be okay. very clear if, if, if saying, here's what's going to happen if this is, doesn't get rectified. I think that should be done. As long as they're certain there's no underlying medical reason, again, I, I don't know if that's even possible, but uh, I just would he- hesitate there. But other than that, I would issue a formal warning in writing telling them what would happen if this doesn't get resolved. And if it still doesn't get resolved, you know, I still would want to talk to uh, to your husband first, but we may be able to be in a position at that point to terminate for cause. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Peter in Barry. good evening. Hey, Peter. 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 Peter's not there. Well, you know, John, why don't you read the question that we have here on the call screen? And it I'll says, wife way. has a new boss and wants to change her from salary to hourly. Can she refuse? Well, here's the thing. I mean, if she's an hourly employee mm-hmm. and her boss wants to now change her, that's obviously a significant uh, a significant difference. Uh, and, and, you know, it could be a negative one. So that could, something like that, that is a big change. It could easily be a constructive dismissal. So can she refuse? Sure, she absolutely can refuse. And if she refuses... One of two things will happen. Either the employer says, okay, backs off and lets her continue, or the employer says, too bad, we're going to do it anyway. And if the employer says, too bad, we're going to do it anyway, well, she may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal, leave and get her severance. So can she refuse? Yes. It could result in the loss of her job, but that would be a loss with compensation, with severance. More of your phone calls coming right up, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sales, the number you want to call. By the way, you want to get a hold of Lior through email. We'll get to that as well, Lior at employmenthour.com. Right up till 8 o'clock we go. 744, phone lines are wide open. You want to give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. And again, starting September 12th on Monday, we start going Monday and Wednesday nights right here on the station to take your calls and Dish out the information. I'm going to get in a little bit about this, and that's uh, workplace uh, harassment or harassment, depending on your pronunciation <laughs> earlier. Uh, what is it? Give me a definition. No, it's not harassment, uh, John. <laughs> I don't care what pronunciation you use. It, it, it's harassment. And, and workplace harassment, harassment uh, see, now you're getting me all confused. <laughs> that's right. It, it is the type of conduct that's unwelcome that uh, objectively anyone looking at that conduct would consider to be unwelcome and unreasonable and inappropriate. It could, there's direct harassment, which is things such as you know yelling at someone, um, mistreating them, uh, doing you know using profane language, and of course potentially violent behavior. And there's indirect harassment, which is things such as uh, excluding people, not talking to them, not calling them into the important meetings. Uh, and, and you know, it's more indirect, but it also falls under the rubric of workplace harassment. Whichever way you slice it, those types of behaviors are, are, are not good. Uh, there are legal consequences for engaging them. There are legal remedies available to the victims of harassment. And you know, if there's one thing that I've noticed much more in my practice in the past uh, you know, two or three years 
is many more instances of workplace harassment where people uh, are, are affected by it. And, and the thing is, if you go to work every day and it's a poisoned work environment and you do this day in and day out and day in and day out, it's going to start impacting you. And for many people, they end up on a medical leave, uh, on a disability leave, sometimes for a very long period of time. And that's, that's unfortunate. So we want to talk a bit about what that means and what you can do if you're ever a victim of, uh, of workplace harassment. How common is it? You know what? Uh, you know, you talked to me five years ago. I would have said it's not that common. I don't see it often. I don't know what happened. I really don't have an answer. But right now, we see that quite often. We see it all the time. And I think people have now just been, become more comfortable to raise these issues. Uh, there have been some campaigns put up by the government of Ontario to inform people. So I think that's all led to, to you know, people's voices being heard. So it is a common thing. If you're in that situation, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, you're not alone. Well, you mentioned the numbers have gone up in the last five years. Do you find there's a, a gender difference, gender bias? One would think, right? Maybe right. women would be more yep. susceptible. And certainly when it comes to, to sexual harassment, yes, absolutely. That, that's generally still much more common in women. But in terms of workplace harassment in general, no. There's really no difference. You know, uh, you know, jerks come in every shape, size, or form, and they don't really discriminate. So uh, because of that, uh, I see harassment both for men, women, young, old, uh, and, and it happens, uh, you know, senior employees, new employees. I don't really see any distinction that way, no. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We're talking about workplace harassment. Uh, how does the law currently deal with it? Well, the law, first of all, says yeah, you can't be harassed in the workplace. In fact, an employer has an active duty to protect an employee from workplace harassment. And if you are being harassed, uh, number one, you, you should deal with it internally. But otherwise, you have the option to treat your employment as being uh, constructively dismissed if there now is a poison work environment. Mm. There could be human rights issues depending on the nature of the harassment. Uh, if the employer is not protecting you as it should from harassment, there could be consequences to the employer under the Occupational Health and Safety Act. So there's a, a number of remedies and a number of legal recourses that are available if you're the victim of workplace harassment. So the message here is you don't have to suffer quietly. You can do something about it. There's three or four or even five remedies that are available in these situations. Got lots of phone lines open. You'll want to give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Aaron, welcome to the show. You have a question for Lior. Yes, uh... Hi, how are you today? Good, what's up? Uh, I just got a question. Um, I was working for a construction company, and uh, uh, we would work 40 hours, but at any time we worked over our 40 hours, um, they would never pay me time and a half. And uh, they let me go, and uh, I haven't received any of that extra money, and plus they have taken money from me because of the benefits that they haven't been paying. They took off. Six hundred dollars of out of my paycheck because of what they screwed up on, and I don't understand. I don't think that that is right. And I wanted to ask your advice and see if maybe I should use you as a lawyer to to get my money back that they owe me. Now, if they owe you money, uh, if it's a situation, if we're not talking about severance, we're talking about money that they owe you that they improperly took from you during the course of employment. Probably the best place to go to would be the Ministry of Labor for that. Uh, yeah. You know, if if they withheld monies they weren't supposed to or took off money they weren't supposed to, absolutely the Ministry of Labor can help you with that. But you may be owed compensation or severance. So why why were you let go? Uh, I was let go for they accused me of stealing from the company, and I had one of the actual gentlemen at the actual uh, company that I worked for say that I was allowed to take it, and then when I got called in, for whatever reason, which I didn't know, but now I do, they uh, said that, uh, 
uh, we have proof of you uh, doing this, and we didn't have your authorization to do it. And I was like, yeah, you did. I talked to the person. They called the person. The person lied to them and said no. I didn't have any proof of it, right? So then when they let me go, I said, show me the proof of what you have on surveillance. And they wouldn't show me it. So I just said, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to quit anyways. So they said that they were going to be nice enough to put on my unemployment papers that I got let go instead of getting fired. Um, but my dad was all worried because I've worked for them for two years and I never clued into it, but I've had tons of overtime from them that they right. never paid me time and a half. So, you know, listen, if you didn't steal, I was stealing is a very serious accusation. If you didn't steal and only you know what, what you did or didn't do, then, yeah, yeah, you may be owed compensation. You may be owed severance, uh, even though you worked there for two years. So the best advice is give me a call. Let me talk to you more off air and find out what happened and, and you know, if they're right or you're right. Uh, because, yeah, you may be owed compensation. And if you're owed, you should pursue that compensation. And I'll be happy to chat with you. That number, Aaron, 416 416- Two one six fifty nine hundred. For everybody else, you got a few minutes to still call in. Phone lines are open to give us a call live on the air. 870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. Your Wednesday evening in the Employment Hour goes right till 8 o'clock. And uh, again, starting September 12th, the Monday, we will start doing Monday nights in this time slot as well. So Mondays, Wednesdays, and of course, the weekend program as well for the Employment Hour. Looking forward to that. And I know you will participate as well. Joe in Brampton, good evening. Hey, how you doing? Good, Joe. What's up? I'm calling in regards to a, a temp agency that I was uh, employed with back in February. Um, I was uh, on the job. I hurt myself. Uh, it was a prior injury uh, from um, another position that I had. Um, at the time, they offered me uh, what they're supposed to do, offer me um, light duties. At the time, I couldn't because of... Uh, prior obligations uh, that I had during the day. I used to work nights. Uh, they had emailed me and called me several times asking me to come in, telling me to come in. And I couldn't because I had told them that I um, in, was in a self-help program, 12 Steps, uh, for addiction. And uh, I was upfront and honest with them. And uh, since then, they've uh, haven't, uh, I've been applying were jobs with that same temp agency because they have higher end jobs in in, in my industry, and they have uh, basically they're ignoring. Now I know that uh, I'm guessing that they're supposed to say, "Can we help you with this?" And nobody ever offered any help. They just kind of threw me to the curb. Right. No, I understand exactly what you're saying. Now, here's here's the thing. If you if you have a medical condition, as a result of that medical condition, you can't do your old job. You know, in this case, you you got hurt. They have to provide accommodation. Now, they were, as I understand it from me, they were offering accommodation. It was just at a time that you couldn't do it. The question is, could they have done better? Would, could they have offered you accommodation in in the evening? And I don't have an answer to that. If the only accommodation that they had to meet the light duties that you needed was during the day, well, then then they would have complied with their legal obligation and there's nothing else uh, that, that you or I or anyone else could do. So that's really the question. You may consider applying for WSIB if you can't work uh, because of a, of a workplace injury. Uh, and uh, other than that, if you think that they could have accommodated you better, give me a call off air. Let's talk about that and get some particulars. No severance involved there, no? 
Uh, no, at this point, I, I can't see a situation of a severance unless they fail to accommodate him, in which case we can consider that to be a termination. But I will, really would need more information. A little uh, short time ago in the last segment, we were talking about uh, workplace harassment. I'll go back to this. What should an employee do if he's being harassed at work? Because I know people are thinking that right now. Yeah, well, if an employee is being harassed, the first thing you want to do is you want to see if you can resolve that matter internally. You want to speak with someone in a position of authority, a supervisor, an HR person, the owner, depending on the circumstances and the type of business, and try to get that resolved. Try to tell them what happened and, and put the ball in their court because they have a legal obligation once informed to investigate and to take remedial action. If you cannot do that because the person harassing you is the owner right. or, you, or you've tried to do that and, and it hasn't worked, that point we need to deal with it uh, in a more strong way and you have to give me a call. At that point, we may have to, I may have to get involved. We may have to treat this as a constructive dismissal or a human rights matter depending on the circumstances. So try to resolve it internally. If you cannot, that's fine. I can help you. Uh, and uh, these issues do resolve. Like as I said, there's a lot of legal remedies that are available. By the way, that number, 416-216-5900, is Lior's uh, personal number. About a minute left here, my friend. Take it back uh, through the severance pay calculator one more time to remind people. That's right. Thank you, John. And if you lost your job, you need to know, of course, how much compensation you're owed. You need to still pay your bills. You need to stay pay your mortgage and your kids' college edu- education. So that severance offer that you get is important. That's the only income you have. And how do you know if it's adequate? The easiest way, the fastest way you could do it is go to severancepaycalculator.com. Find out how much you're owed. Input your age, your position, and the length of your employment. And find out right there how much compensation you're owed. You can compare that to what you've been offered. And then you know whether that's appropriate. It's free, it's anonymous, it's extremely easy to use. SeverancePayCalculator.com, over 100,000 people have used it. We're very proud of it. Make it the first place you go to if you lost your job and tell others that have lost their jobs to go to SeverancePayCalculator.com. Another Wednesday night in the bag, 416-216-5900. That's Lior's number and Lior, L-I-O-R, at EmploymentHour.com. Reminder, again, starting September 12th, we're doing this Mondays and Wednesdays, two nights during the week, two nights on the weekend. Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio, AM 640.